0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 225, Christmas special here, recording on Christmas Eve, as always, with my co-host, Evan. How are we doing today pre, pre-Christmas?
1: Pretty good. I'm, I'm glad that we could get together and, and do this one, you know, both of us. I actually, funnily enough, guys, when <laughs> Matt texted me this morning... I had started to record. He's like, no, no, I'm going to be home. I was like, all right. So I canned it. Now we're we're together. So it's nice. It's nice that, uh, we get to do this on Christmas Eve. I I was expecting a solo dolo. So yeah, excellent stuff.
0: Nice little Christmas miracle for us, but indeed not as much for, um, results that happened. Not not even (laughs) two hours ago for myself (laughs) and my team, but that's right. We'll get to that later on. Um, didn't help also with our records. Another very very poor record week. Um, worst one for me so far. I went one and eight. Evan went two and seven. Zach three and six. Salvaged it with this result today. Wolves with the win. Uh, that brings us record wise. Zach's at ninety five and eighty three. Evan, you're at ninety six and eighty two. And I'm nope. sitting at a hundred and seventy eight. We got two more game weeks this calendar year. And then we get a nice little two-week break, so um, I guess let's just get right into it. Um, yeah, let's rock. So last Thursday was the first game. Uh, Thursday and Friday we had solo games before the weekend's fixtures. We had Crystal Palace, Brighton, a, a derby that we that's not as popular, but I think it's like a turnpike or like a, one of those they base it off like the main road that connects the two cities. But yeah, ended in a one-one draw. They said Brighton in their last five travels here were undefeated, and it continues here to six. Um, Started off in the 46th minute, though, right before the half. Michael Alisse with a nice whip ball to IU at the back post heads it in. And then from there on, Brighton controlled it, second half. Danny Welbeck came in after a long injury and gets the equalizer in the 82nd with a powerful header that uh, Van Bruggen couldn't do anything about it. And Brighton pushed to get the winner, but it wasn't meant to be. Um... Teams share the points. That puts Brighton in ninth position on 27th. Five clear of Chelsea in 10th. And Palace, that's a point they needed. That's two points in a, a row. Sorry, two draws in a row. They sit on 18 points in 15th position. Um, overall, what did you think about the game, Evan?
1: Um, I mean, I thought Palace were probably lucky to get a point here. I know they scored first, but Brighton were the team with more intent uh pretty much the whole way through uh, obviously won the battle on shots and shots on target 18 to 11 and 6 to 3 also maintained most of the possession um i was a bit surprised to be fair that that they weren't able to get more out of it points wise because this is I'm I'm partial to Evan Ferguson. I like him, but Pedro Adingra and Matoma are so tough. It's it's so challenging to uh, make sure you keep tabs on all three. And I think I think Mark he actually had a fantastic game. had a had a great like goal line save at the end. Um, stuck his foot in there. I it Honestly, was probably unintentional, but he had a great great game. Um, but yeah, I, I was shocked to see Brighton um, not get a goal until you know that late. Uh, on the Palace side, I think I was surprised, for one, that Jefferson Lerma was back. Uh, word on the street was that he could miss like you know a considerable amount of time, but he was right back in there. Injury healed faster than uh, we thought. Same thing with Tyreek Mitchell. He's been back for two weeks now. Um, but they're still nursing Eze back to health, and that's where the creativity and goals come from. At least they can do you know, a, a majority of it when Eze's not on the pitch, but... It's the same thing that I say every week. Once both of them are back, this team's going to be way more threatening. Uh, the amount of goals, the, the number of goals they score is going to jump up considerably. So uh, good result, to be fair, against a Brighton side who are, you know, very well put together, very well coached. Um, I I don't think they're going to be upset with the, uh, with the draw here, considering it most people had Brighton to win this one.
0: I believe they said... Olisse and Isaiah this season have played a total of 70 minutes on the pitch together. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how that changes. Your boy, Matette has been making that spot of oh, their own while Edouard has been nursing injury. Um, that goal for Palace though, came off a mistake from Van Bruggen or Verbruggen. Yep. It was like poor distribution out of the back. We've seen the, a goal, one or two of these goals every single game week where the goalkeeper or defender misplays a pass and, the, the other team that applies the high press just gets a nice clear chance and they they took advantage of it but i think frustrating for brighton here they made they took a dinger off at the half that's been somebody that's been playing well on the right and matoma didn't have a good game and also might have picked up a knock late on around the 80th minute he was subbed off so not good for brighton went there attacking wings and Zhao pedro hasn't made that major impact as we thought he would coming from watford in the championship and you're ba- you're basically best friends with Ferguson, right? You you have a friend that's in a relationship with somebody that's like cousins with them. So, you're basically best friends. Yep. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Brighton's still looking for their first clean sheet. Um I think Luton didn't Luton get a clean sheet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brighton are the yes, last. Yes, they did. <laughs> Brighton are the last team to get a, to look for a clean sheet this season. So, yeah, we'll move on to another 1-1 draw i made a point of this I, I used your words against you we said everybody's going with villa you see the result one one draw with sheffield yep and it happened the unthinkable happened sheffield uh-huh. almost took three points from now this game one they should have won 90 87th minute though cameron archer scores against his former club uh gustavo hamer got the ball played to him down the left wing Cameron Archer was the only man in the box to target <laughs> against five Villa players, squeezes it in perfectly for a one-touch tap, and then uh, your boy Zaniola comes on, gets a card in the 94th, but then scores the equalizer on a cross from Douglas Louise, earns a much-needed point for Villa to stay in the mix for that, that top position, but um, I guess it's bigger for Sheffield United since Chris Wilder's come in, they got, what's that, they have a win and a draw in their last three. Yep. He, yeah. So, you've been seeing the changes. They have more energy. They used Archer as a as a focal point up front with Sillimanian. That Brooks on the left wing. Yes. That's, that's somebody we has not seen. He's twenty year old. Um, I whenever they won the ball deep in their end and found him as a target, he was very good in tight spaces to earn quick fouls for them to catch their breath and push up. So that might be somebody we see more. They used a the left wing back in Larucci, who I saw that was. They've loaned him out to lean on for a few seasons, and now that's a bit of pace and difference they need, um, as well as trusty. I thought trusty played well in this game, too. So, um, it, this is a big result for Arsenal as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, massive result for Arsenal. Um, you know, I was, I think I was at work or, I, or I'd gotten letting go from work early. I was at the gym. I watched it, um, and I was like, please hold on, please hold on, please hold on. Uh, just hoping that Sheffield would be able to, you know, at least secure a draw, but I was hoping that they could just ride it out and maybe uh, take all three points. Either way, I'm happy the Villa dropped points, um, I was I was really surprised with how ineffective they looked in terms of finishing with with the players that they threw forward. Leon Bailey, Diaby, and Watkins started for I think the first time all together this season, or at least the first time all in really forward attacking positions. Sounds about uh, right. Yeah, Diaby played center forward, kind of like a second striker, not quite a false nine. Um, it's like a four-four-one-one. One and he didn't he just didn't do anything. He got yanked, Bailey got yanked. I don't think they can both play, you know, maybe if you put Diaby on the left and put Leon Bailey on the right, then they could play. Um but I'm I'm not sure those guys are going to work well enough together. That one of them has to be on the bench and at this point it's got to be Diaby because Bailey has been, you know, fantastic for them. I was this was they were off. They were very off. Villa played Excellently against City, slightly less excellent against Arsenal, but still got the result. And then really poorly here. So the goals are dried up a bit. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, this is a just a quintessential like bogey game. Everybody expects one thing, the other thing happens, and we said that. So uh, good on Sheffield United. Good on uh, Chris Wilder. Uh, nice to see them get a couple of points. Uh, you know, right before the Christmas period, I think up next they have, home against Luton. yeah, home against Luton. And then they've got, um, Biddy after that. So, um, probably not going to be easy the next couple of games, especially with the way Luton have been playing somehow inspiring football, uh, but entertaining watch here, despite the one, one scoreline.
0: Yeah. And when you see the other two relegation teams picking up wins, Sheffield dropping it in the 96 is frustrating uh, because it sets them back a bit more when their rivals are are gaining on them or or mounting a bigger a bigger mountain for them to climb Um, for Villa what was it there Ollie Watkins was really isolated out of this game not much involvement they tried to play balls in behind It was just a little bit too far for him to to get control of before the goalkeeper came out and got it and then his only real con- contribution was uh, on a he got a nice cross across the box to Bailey to score but uh, it was varred off due to a foul on the goalkeeper off the the, the corner that took place a little before the, the goal so yeah, not allowing him to get involved really hurt them and it just played right into Sheffield's hands there. Yep. Um, moving on to the Saturday fixtures we started off 7:30 at the London Stadium. Where West Ham got a massive 2-0 win over Manchester United. Uh, this puts West Ham now in 6th position. They jump Newcastle and Man United. They're on 30 points, only 4 behind Man City in 5th. Where United now dropped to 8th on twenty-eight, uh, Only 1 win in their last 5 after that long run of form where they were winning a lot of games. And now, reality's hitting a bit. They're on a negative 5 goal differential. It's looking really poor, but um for West Ham's end it was the Kudu show and the Paquetta show first goal though in the 72nd from Bowen and then in the 78th that Kudu's goal uh that first goal though massive mistake from young Kobe Minu, yeah l- losing the ball in possession and a quick counter played to, to Bowen and it was just really poor so um what do you think? I guess let's just start with the obvious here with the United. They had to start a nineteen year old centre back, Kambawale. I mean
1: Yeah, it looked alright actually, to be fair, I thought.
0: But the fact that we are having to revert to that and Rashford is a regular or coming off the bench now just shows the state of this team. And I think they said in this entire game Anthony and Garnacho totaled one pass to Hoyland.
1: Uh yeah, so I keep hearing this no service shit about Rasmus Hoyland. Um you can't play 14 games in the Premier League, not score a goal, not register an assist, and just get away with it. I don't, I don't want to hear anything about this fucking guy until he does something. I don't care what the service is like. Surely you can pick the ball up and do something with it. As a striker, you get regardless of what your height is. you like Ho- Holland is the definition of a just. He's he's enormous, right? The guy still registers assists. I know he's playing in a better team. There are target men strikers that still make an effect on the game without having excellent service. Holland's a bad example. But throughout history, there are tons of these players. This guy is a nothing player. They bought him for all of this money. He hasn't done anything. Anthony, worst signing ever, which we have already already talked about. Horrific came from Ajax. Ten Hogs still not fired, not sure how, but I keep hearing the lads are playing in the system. The boys played well in the system. What's the fucking system? What's the system? I don't see a reg, a, a normal regimented style of play. This is horrible. And McTominay, although he scores, in huge moments, is not a midfielder. He needs to be probably playing further forward. At this point, fucking stick McSauce at striker. What's the difference? He's the only one that scores for you. Put him up top. And you got to get Rashford back in the team. Get Anthony out, move Garnacho, put Rashford on the left, or play Rashford in the center. He can't just sit on the bench. Kobe Minu seems to be the only player that has any sort of you know um, intent in in exuding some passion or, or exerting some passion. It's just, it's really bad. Johnny Evans is like 50 years old. Come uh, kambala kid. It honestly did, did pretty well considering. Um, but it, it's so bad, man. The, the level of talent on the bench is absolutely horrendous. Um, Amrabat is, is dog shit. Didn't even get in the palistri kids. Young. I hear a lot about him. I don't know how I feel about him. Erickson, ancient, it's awful, man. This is the worst United team. I've said this a lot, but this is a such a bad team. It's just, I, I, Sir Alex Ferguson is still alive. He will not be alive for much longer if he keeps having to watch this team. I don't know what happened to them. They have zero identity. Nothing.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to be approaching a record soon the most defeats in a full Premier League season. They're at eight already in 18 games. So and
1: It's... It, I get so worked up about it too, because this was, I know I'm not supposed to like United, but this is the team majorly, like this is who I watched growing up was United because they were on TV. And the style and level of football that we are seeing is embarrassing. It's horrific. No fan, regardless of how much I like their fans or don't like their fans, no one deserves this shit. It's awful. There's nothing there to go and enjoy. It's terrible. Uh, on the positive
0: end for West Ham here, do you think another major win that's four in their last six? They're climbing mm-hmm. up the table now. They look like a solid team. There was that 5-0 thumping to follow them. It seems like a blip at the moment now. Yeah. Um, what do you think about them so far is this just like a, a blip they're playing a poor United team they just did what they had to they weren't really they were, weren't really pressed to do anything major they, they played their counterattack they let United have the ball and they were good on the counter and they had two great opportunities
1: uh, they have a lot of really talented finishers um kudos I mean that that's that Goal that he scored at the end there it was almost like a kickoff glitch, just like straight out of FIFA. I he could feel the momentum switch. Yeah, it was one pass. He was he went forward, great touch, great finish. Um, he he is so good, man. He's very very talented, very quick and excellent. Uh, you know, in front of the goal, Bowen same thing. Failed to make an effective striker in the last couple of games, but was really sound here. Um, I don't know. I don't think this is just a like a blip. Uh, I really think West Ham are playing um, solid football this year. Uh, they've got three wins in their last five, the other one being a draw and then a loss as well. But they're up to sixth place. This is not, a, not an anomaly. This is a good team. Uh, defensively, certainly, there's still some things that they need to sort out. I think that that Mavropanos guy is absolutely horrendous. And I think Edson Alvarez is, is awful as well. Um, Thankfully, they have Kurt Zuma and Suchek to kind of clean uh, those things up a little bit. But you put, you know, a better center back in here and a better defensive midfielder, somebody that's worth 50 mil. I think West Ham are, you know, going to be um, a really threatening team. I can see them hanging around with Newcastle, Brighton, you know, around there. Um, It's nice to see. I mean, one of my one of my closest friends is a West Ham fan. I enjoy watching them play. Uh and Moyes football is not always enjoyable to watch, but man, uh West Ham are notorious for playing really well and getting a nice win or just getting absolutely smoked. So either way it's entertaining football to watch.
0: Any chance they could keep this up and get in the mix with the top teams?
1: Well, I mean you have to consider the fact that Chelsea and Manchester United are both banter clubs at the minute. Um I don't necessarily see Newcastle. Uh, continuing this poor run of form, I think that's a team that probably jumps back up into the top six, but West Ham should be hanging around. I mean, they're going to finish in the top half of the table. I'm not, you know, uh, that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Top six, maybe, you know, I, I'm not so sure about that. But they probably got the quality going forward to uh, to ride it out, and it's possible, but I don't, I don't think so.
0: Doing all this after they lost their main man, their club captain Declan yep. Rice, everybody thought that's he'd right. be bottom half scrapper.
1: I know and West Ham, like Rice has even elevated as well. Like since coming from West Ham, he's showing me things that I didn't even see there. So I can't imagine what uh, what where they'd be if if he was there and playing the way he is at Arsenal. It would be uh, it'd be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: One last thing on the United side, the story broke today. It confirmed Radcliffe's minority investment go- went through. Uh-huh. Uh, his, his business, Enos, and himself secured 25% shareholding for a reported 1.25 billion pounds. And it says that Enos will, be, will also be delegated responsibility for all the club's football operations. And in addition, has pledged $300 million for future investment in the stadium. And it says in the next coming days, they're going to enact a series of sporting changes in his new role at the Theater of Dreams. So a lot of people are gonna be losing their jobs.
1: Uh yeah, that's the truth. I don't am not so sure that guy's gonna make the instant effect that United fans think he'll make, but twenty five percent
0: stake in that yeah,
1: club. Yeah, A lot. That's a fuck ton of money. There's no no question about that. Highly involved in F one, I think. Yeah, uh, as well. the, Yeah, the guy loves sports, so I don't know, maybe maybe. It's possible. They need something to change, so
0: Okay. Speaking of change, Lewin won Newcastle nil. Uh, Mm. A very, very heartfelt day. Played for their captain, Lockyer, who is out indefinitely until we get his medical status in check. But Andros Townsend, banging commentator, scores the winner in the 25th off a Ross (laughs) Barkley assist. Uh, And then from there on, they stuck through. Newcastle just didn't have the legs. They did bring in isak and Botman off the bench to make a difference isak did score combo comboing with Cam wilson but was varred off for a foul in the player off size, i forget but newcastle fall down their waveform continues as they're very poor and luton Kenilworth road is an absolute fortress they finally get that big win over one of those big teams um what what do you think of this performance from luton it just continues that there they're fighting and fighting it shows that maybe they they might stay up this year
1: that's like another set piece fetish these guys they they, they score they they score off these fucking set pieces every week man it's i don't know how i feel about luton because i absolutely hate the stadium i absolutely hate (laughs) them listen i hate the viewing angles it's oh, so yeah. it's so bad, man. But they don't have a choice, like NBC or whoever is broadcasting the games. They don't have a choice because it's so small. It could have been You're... worse because
0: they they probably was probably not even that good. What the start of the season because their first home yeah. game had to get delayed because they had to keep making changes.
1: Exactly, and it's so it's so close. the The camera booth is so close to the pitch. Your the the field of vision on or field of view on the camera is like. You don't get you don't get as much as you would expect. At the Emirates or at the Etihad or even at Old Trafford or Stanford Bridge, you're so they're so high up and they use such a wide lens that you get, you know, if the ball is in the, the fi- Chelsea's final third, you're getting all the way to the fifty pretty much and you can see width wise, you know, from the right mid all the way to the left mid, uh for the most part, depending on where the ball is shifted. Uh this pitch, man, if they're if the ball is in the corner, you are getting the corner and like half of the goal, and it's just that that diagonal like it's like a triangle piece of the pitch that you get to see. I don't like that. It's it's a it's like a bad camera angle on FIFA, it bothers me. Um Luton I don't think are a very good team, but they're getting results and they're playing with with some passion. And that's more than, than can be said for a lot of clubs yeah, right now across the league. You have to hand it to them. Newcastle, regardless of how injured they are, weren't up to the task. If you look at this team on paper, they should absolutely rout Luton. There's no, there's no question about it. And they weren't able to convert anything. They had two shots on target. That's it. Luton had five. Luton were clearly the better team in terms of clinicality in front of net, regardless of, you know, if there was only one goal scored. Newcastle just don't quite have the same sting I thought they would going forward this year. Isak made, you know, he got some time, but it's... When Trippier doesn't provide elite crossing service to whoever's in the center... They don't have the same sting that they really need. And I think Trippier, you could tell in this game, he was a little bit more focused on his defense because he's been getting rinsed so much. Um, very odd. Just a, an odd game. Um, I like to see the, the underdog, you know, perform. It is nice to see this Adebayo guy up top. Uh, he's latched onto a couple of crosses, a couple of set-piece goals. Um, but man, it was it was fantastic to see Andres Townsend score, especially after I think he called the first game of the season. That uh, I forget who played, but yeah, he was in the booth, and my brother and I were watching. I was like, "Bray, Andres was in the booth, you know, at the be- beginning of the season, and he just he just fucking went out there and scored against Newcastle. It's it's wild, but um, yeah, good for them, I guess. I I still hate the way they play, but good for them."
0: and surprisingly they've been doing this without their main number nine coming into this season Mm -hmm. Carlton Morris who got them promoted the last three games I saw he's been coming off the bench making sub appearances I mean Rob Edwards doing things that need to be that are necessary to get the results here I guess and I think Ross Barkley is another key player in that he's a dynamic midfielder here we've seen and what he can do with Everton he got that big move to Chelsea like a lot of players we see them kind of lose their way in their careers when they go there. And now he left again, got some time in France, and and is now back to playing in the Prem where he belongs. And uh, there was that moment where I thought he scored bar down, but uh, hit the backside of the goalie, went out of bounds. So he's really stepping up and finding his form in there for them. Um, okay, and then we already mentioned they got that big match against Sheffield, which could propel them out of the relegation zone, depending on what Nottenham Forest do this, um, this week. Well, this week. Uh, speaking of which... They lost 3-2 to Bournemouth and a crushing, crushing result for Nuno Espirito Santos' first match in charge. Thought he'd get the manager bounce, but it gave us a very entertaining game where we saw Anthony Alanga. Well, before I get there, we saw a double yellow card for Willie Bali. Picked up a yellow in the fifth, gets his second in the 23rd. Um, When the VAR came, well, when the camera showed us the replay of it, Everybody agreed it wasn't deserving of a second yellow, but VAR cannot review yellow cards yet. That seems like that might be an issue that needs to get changed in the future. I don't know what you think of that about second yellow cards. But, yeah, um, we got the first goal, though, in the 47th. Ten men down. Elanga opens up the scoring off Chris Wood assist. And then the Dom Solanke show started. First in the 51st, second in the 58th chris wood bags the equalizer in the 74th off a of Gibbs white corner um we talked you mentioned hoyland not getting very many chances or service chris wood this is the guy we see sporadically and out of the team but still can find big moments to capitalize on gave them hope to earn a point here in nuno's debut but 93rd minute dom solanke hat trick the killer 10 goals this season for big dom former chelsea former liverpool bags of three yeah. points five wins in their last six Unbeaten, I believe, in their last yeah, unbeaten in their last six. They sit in twelfth position on twenty-two points, only behind Chelsea and Wolves on goal differential. What a turnaround for Bournemouth here! They are just absolutely crushing everybody in their path.
1: I, Iraola, it took him a really long time, and you, you swore, man, that this guy was going to be shit. One of the first gone. I know, and a lot of people did. You, you weren't alone in that, but they only um, had one win in their first ten. Nah, they're they're cooking. Billing has been amazing. Uh, this was he has been okay, but this was a a real coming out party for him because he was amazing. We um, should say like the red card makes it a little easier down the stretch um, yeah. for you to stay in it, but. Or at least attack. But you have to give credit to Nottingham Forest as well for for how well they played with 10 men. Able to convert twice. They got the goal from Ilanga. They got the goal from Chris Wood. Um, You know, answered back. It was 2 2. I thought maybe they'd be able to ride it out. But um, after a while, the the red card, it, it does. It weighs you down in the final 10 to 15 minutes so much. And you can see it every time there's a red. The last 15 minutes are helter skelter. Uh, And thankfully, you know, for for Bournemouth's sake, Dom Solanke was able to cap off the hat trick, get the point. But I think you you have to give Nottingham Forest a ton of credit Um, in that first game with Nuno. They fought really hard. It's very unfortunate that that red card happened. This could have been, uh, you know, game of the week in terms of scoring, I think, uh, without it. But at the same time. Gotta give a ton of credit to Bournemouth for sticking with it, making sure that they got all three points and capitalizing on a mistake from Nottingham Forest. So well done. Entertaining watch. Uh unfortunately played against Dom Solanke in fantasy. So I don't think anyone on earth would have bet on a Dom Solanke hat trick, but uh there you go. Chelsea legend.
0: First in his career in the prep. Of course it was. Uh moving on, Tottenham to Everton one. This was a tale of two halves, really. We saw Tottenham come out firing hot. Richarlison bags another in the ninth from Brendan Johnson, who was a game-time decision with that facial injury picked up in the prior match. And then son in the 18th, early 2-0 lead for Tottenham, playing at home here. The fans are buzzing. But really from there on out, in the 24th minute, we saw Ganegay Gane- Gane- pick up a knock. He comes out for Andre Gomez, who's been out for 18 months. They said this is a former Barcelona player they picked up under Ancelotti, he made a massive difference in this game. Dan Juma as well in the 66 came on and it was from Everton from there on out. They should have had one or two goals before the half, but DCL scored one, one was varred off. Uh, They had another chance that was very close, but um, we didn't see them get a a goal until the 82nd from Andre Gomez. They said his first goal in the Prem in five years. And we thought Everton would get a late winner, but it wasn't meant to be Tottenham squeak out of this with a two, one win. This puts them in fourth position. They jump Man City, on 36 points three straight wins now only four points behind arsenal at top and Mm -hmm. this team's cooking at the right time as there has been news coming out though that Vandevin and madison aren't going to be as back as soon as people think they said Vandevin's a little ahead of schedule than we thought but maybe might be an extra week for madison but it doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue here because and just getting it done with whoever is whoever's there he could have a ball boy play and they'd get the job done
1: yeah. Um I don't like every every single game that you watch Tottenham, something odd, something crazy, you're going to see end to end just buccaneering football. It's it's so different than what I'm used to with Spurs. They they there's been a couple games where they haven't showed up, but they've still made it. Contest. They may not have scored, but they still fought really hard. And that's another one here. They scored those two goals immediately and then fight as hard as they fucking can for the rest of the game. 62% possession. Um, Richarlison, I believe, got banged up late. Um, Romero's hurt as well. And then they substituted Sar off. So hopefully they don't have a ton of, of injuries to deal with them come Boxing Day. But, man, I'm just so impressed. I'm so impressed with how much Sun has stepped up, how much Richarlison has stepped up in the last four or five weeks, and same thing with Kulisevsky. Um, This team is playing so far over its, you know, expectations on paper. Uh, And it's the Ange effect. We know we have to give him a ton of credit. Um, But going out there with Ben Davies and, and Emerson, Poro has been good. Ollie Skip, you know, that's a guy that's playing Hoyberg. Those are not those those are not great players and they they're putting in great shifts and great performances as a team regardless of who shows up and who doesn't show up. Um so it's 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 very challenging. I don't know many people regardless of who they support who don't like watching this Tottenham team play. Uh, and it has been just amazing to see uh, Son put the team, you know, on his back and be uh, everything that he can be as an attacking player. Uh, I really hope that we see them get uh, another number nine. Richarlison has been good, but surely there's someone out there that that is able to match and probably probably exceed uh, his contributions. Uh, and then on the Everton side, good on them, man! They stayed in it. Uh, Andre Gomez, I I wasn't even aware that he still played. Uh, to be honest, I had no idea that he was still on this team. I I only remember uh, Sonny like smoking him that one year and breaking his leg. Um, I don't Garner think that was McNe- the injury
0: that he was coming back from. Still, I don't I don't know. They said he was out for eighteen no. months. This was his first game. Oh, back. I don't
1: know if that was the incident. Eighteen months. Well, maybe it was. That was like a year and a half. it was like almost two years ago. So yeah, I guess that that's odd that this is the game that he's coming back from. Uh, it was a revenge game for him, but yeah, I I thought they they did extremely well to stay in this one. They got one late. They were never gonna you know really get back in and win, but uh, there was always a chance that they'd be able to draw this dice ball. Man, it's entertaining. Uh, they register a lot of shots on target. Uh, they take a lot of chances. There's a lot of balls just fired in, whether it be from Onana or um, you know, Jack Harrison players on the fringes. Formation was changed, though. Uh, Onana was playing further up the pitch. Now, instead, they opted for like 4 uh, four, two, three, one, which is actually one of my favorite formations ever with the three attacking mids. Two play wide, one plays down the middle. Uh, Onana and Idrissa were, were swapped back and are actually playing defensive mid, which is where both of them should be. Um, I'm curious to see how Everton would play with this formation against a worse team, but I'll bet you right now we don't see it. I think they'll go back to that um it's like a four four one one where onana kind of plays center forward. that's super odd. He drops back in, but he he also gets forward um the everton experience is, is something special to watch right now. it's very strange. Um, this is their first loss in the last five games. Uh, the other four of those results were wins. So uh-huh. it, it's it's interesting, but um, they have a really tough game coming up against Manchester City. So keep your eyes peeled. It's it's going to be entertaining either way.
0: Yep. they All the four of those wins as well were clean sheets. So this is the first time they conceded a while. Uh, they're in 16th on 16 points still. Uh, four points clear the drop, but if a Luton win comes out of this weekend and they don't get anything out of Man City, we could see them back in the mix for that relegation talk. But I think people are on the side of they'll be okay. Um, speaking of teams that are coming back up out of the out of the dungeon, we got Burnley with a, a big away win here, 2-0 over Fulham. Uh, this was a game I didn't really see much out of, but we saw Odebart getting that goal in the 47th from a Lyle Foster assist as well as Odebar got the assist on the Sanderberg um, the, the game oh my god, the goal that, that killed the game off in the 66th um, he's been making a great way, wave good waves into this team since coming in for Koli- Koliosho on the left um, good play from him as well as Lyle Foster being in the mix up front with Abduni you know, is a good combo for them away from what Jay Rodriguez was offering but A massive clean sheet for them. Fulham team struggling now. We didn't see Jimenez, because this was his first game he was suspended. They went with Muniz up front instead of Vinicius, as we thought it would be Vinicius, but he came on in the 64th and didn't really add too much either. So um, Disappointing from Fulham. Puts him in 13th on 21 points. Had an opportunity to get into the top half of the table. Uh, Burnley now in 19th on 11 points, 3 points away from safety. So um, Vincent Company turning things around a draw and a win in their last three starting to cook a little bit
1: yeah uh, Fulham not a team you really wanted to come up against um, they were playing really well they had two explosion weeks where they scored a lot of goals uh, now they've got two losses in their last two so it's a bit of a, a return to form uh, for uh, Marco Silva's boys but you know still I I think Burnley, while they looked better and were able to get some some goals through, they're not going to they're not going to be able to stay in games and win games if they concede all of this possession. The still the way they played in this game is much different from the way they played last year when you know they were unstoppable, won the championship, yada yada yada. It's not the same. They're not playing the same football, and this regardless of if they get more points they they win a couple more games I still don't think it's going to be enough to keep them safe because it's the same thing with Luton I just I don't think these teams based on how they're playing right now they they can't they can't stay up because even the teams right above them maybe Nottingham Forest could drop back in and, and one of Burnley or Luton could stay up but Everton, Crystal Palace, Brentford, Fulham, Bournemouth, Wolves. That's who's ahead of them. They all play with an actual style of football, and there isn't a style yeah. at Burnley or or Luton. It's just not good for for Luton. The you know set piece score on set pieces. It's, that's not a good uh, um, like that's game plan. And that's it. It's not a good game plan, man. It's not. It, it is not uh, feasible <laughs> to stay up. Uh, in well, this league that way we saw
0: Leicester go down last year that was a team that nobody thought would ever get relegated but it is possible
1: it's possible absolutely um but yeah i mean great on them like excellent uh win especially for vince company who's had such a tough season uh, i cannot imagine how challenging it's been for him considering how many flowers he was given last year how how everybody thought you know Currently, could really be solid. They could be a mid-table team. I thought they'd be a mid-table team, I think. Um, and, and they've been really poor. So it's a great result uh, against a, a solid Fulham team. They're nothing to write home about, but very nice to see. I'm sure, you know, company will h- enjoy his Christmas, but he's got a game against Liverpool on Boxing Day, so it'll be short-lived.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he'll hold that one tight to his chest because yeah. towards the end of his career, that was the team they were always fighting with. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, speaking of which, Liverpool won Arsenal one. Goals early on, but full ninety minutes. This was a this was a twelve round boxing match for you there, Monsieur.
1: Yeah, it absolutely was, and we talked uh, we talked a little bit off air about how poor the pitch was. Um, This was the worst pitch I've seen all year, and Anfield typically is very well manicured. Uh, The Emirates is extremely well manicured, but Anfield always is is nice as well. It was so wet and sloppy and mushy. Players on both teams were slipping all over the place. There was multiple calls that were kind of brushed off or, or the whistle wasn't blown because of the slipping yeah. there was a penalty that Odegaard it Odegaard should have been called for handball in the box and he wasn't because he he slipped I don't know Staka made a it looked like a terrible challenge when it happened live but then you go back you watch and you're like oh he just slipped like yeah. he he didn't mean to make contact with that player at all it was dangerous man dangerous for both we're both uh teams we were extremely lucky uh to not see any horrible actually we did see a horrible injury <laughs> it uh shattered his collarbone. collarbone which was not great but it was on a very soft foul uh saka and him were, were battling on the touchline saka you know kind of like El- he he used his body he used some force but it's bukayo saka it's not martin Skirtle. um he he tapped him out of bounds and he ran he went into Klopp it went down on that like side slope where the managers are and Simakas uh really jammed his his uh, collarbone up so that sucks especially because they're without Rabo right now um but i thought we'd have even seen even more injuries um in terms of the football itself pretty poor uh i think from arsenal i think liverpool were probably better um We had a couple of chances early and a couple of really solid chances in the first half. Uh, Martinelli looked better, I thought. Jesus looked okay. Saka struggled uh, once Simikas went out and Curtis Jones came in. Uh, But the second half was all about Declan Rice and Saliba just locking it down, trying their best. Uh, Sala scored in the first half. That was their only real chance in the first half. Uh, that goal from Gabriel was in the fourth. That was our only real chance in the first half. Um, just a sweaty war of attrition. Very challenging to watch from your couch while there's people around you in the Christmas spirit. Uh, I was miserable, man. I was. I was very. I was going to be very upset if we lost. Uh, however, I'm extremely happy with the point. I think we were lucky to get away with a point. Liverpool probably deserved all three, but they made mistakes of their own. Um, Saliba was awarded man of the match, but I'll tell you what. um, Joe Gomez. I said Curtis. I said Curtis Jones earlier. I met Joe Gomez. I was talking about Saka. Um, Joe Gomez was the man of the match for me. Filled in for Simakas. I thought he was absolutely amazing. He was very unlucky not to score. He hit a curling effort from the edge of the 18. Uh, late on in the game, he, he should have scored. It's, it's very unlucky that he didn't. I think on a dry day, it probably goes in. Um, he was man of the match. There, there's no doubt about it. And I am feeling very blessed to be sitting atop the table uh, on Christmas Day because I, I, there were many points where I was like, this is it, the season is over, we're going to choke. Um, plenty of time to choke, don't get me wrong, but uh, with the world with a point. Two, two years
0: in a row up top on Christmas.
1: Yeah, it didn't end so great last year though. So, it's nice. I'm going to enjoy my small victory now. Uh, but you got more contenders this year. Yeah, no doubt. There's there's a lot of teams that are that are fighting. Um hopefully they'll kind of trail off a little bit, but we'll see. Kai
0: Havertz picked up his fifth yellow. He'll miss your next match. You'll be without yep. him against Brighton, right? You guys play mm-hmm. no, West Ham. You guys host West Ham Thursday. Yeah.
1: I'd like to see probably Trossard maybe instead um,
0: he's played in that st- spot before right Playing yeah he has it, or ten.
1: It, it, it's like an LCM yeah it's odd but he plays more forward Martinelli drops back it's are you thinking he Jorginho in there no, I fucking hope not buddy I sure <laughs> hope not I mean he he's it's he's horrendous I'd rather see Reese Nelson or Smith Rowe Smith Rowe is fit he was on the bench for this one uh, but I think Trossard he's He's obviously the the most talented player that you can put in there. So I'm, hopefully it's him. But yeah, Havertz will miss. Okay. And our last game, which took
0: place this morning, uh, Wolves two Chelsea one. Mm-hmm. Um, lineup. I was I was asked if what I thought about it. I just want some consistency. I didn't realize Caicedo was ill. I mean, oh, Enzo has a hernia, right? They said like a sports hernia or something. Yeah. Um, but. Front four was Broya, Jackson, Palmer, and Sterling. Uguchuku stepped in with Gallagher in the middle. No chemistry there, and Ugochuku's hamstring went, so we have some central midfield issues. Um, Hopefully Kaicedo feels better come our next match here Wednesday against Palace, which is a good team to play right now because that's like a team we always do well against, but I'm sure, as analysts, they will start together for the first time. But in this match, we saw the first goal come in the 51st from Lamina off a corner kick, which we struggle defending as well as attacking because we never really put balls in the box. We always bullshit with it. And yep. 59th minute, we saw the major changes start happening. We saw Mudrik and Nkunku come in, and they both they both added a bit of something. And 92nd minute, uh, we're sending everybody. And Wolves on a counter there, get a shot, and deflect block shot, lays out to Darty at the top of the six, and he slots it in for the winner, Uh, and Kunku gets a consolation goal in the 95th from a sterling cross, good to see him score off that, but nobody really could celebrate it, because at that point, game was kind of over, we pushed and ended up, nothing happened, Um, 100th minute, our third string goalkeeper, Bettinelli, gets a yellow on the bench, highlight of the day there, and... Sad day for Chelsea fans. I saw there was a big section of them wearing blue Christmas hats. And, yeah, super depressing. Um, Matueke made a return here on the right. And that was nice to see because he's going to have to play Wednesday. Sterling and Palmer both picked up their fifth yellows for the season. So we'll be without those two. So I'm imagining a front four of Mudrick and Kunku. Matueke and Broya or Jackson up front which sounds nice on paper but will have no bit of chemistry so uh, Jackson also picked up his 8th yellow card of the season yep. with Descent um, incredible it's incredible to see how many cards this guy could get come the end of the season just no discipline and yeah kudos to Wolves they deserved it they pushed on we're level on points with them now they're only behind us on goal differential um, big for Gary O'Neill and those guys, uh, and Kunku could have had two as well. Uh, Toddy Gomez off the lo- off the goal line clearance from him saved them. And I guess Evan, the big moment of the match was early in the first half. Wolves back pass, uh, oh, saw plays to the defender. Sterling strips him. It's a three on one with the goalkeeper. Sterling has Cole Palmer and Nico Jackson off to his right for the drag for an open net. Goes on his own and misses it. That's a game-changing moment because that puts Chelsea up 1-0 going into halftime instead of what occurred uh, from what we saw.
1: That's a moment of absolute mental... They That's, said Chelsea just... this
0: season have missed the most big chances of any team.
1: Oh, I believe that. No doubt about it. I, I, If you ask me that question without having heard that, I probably would say Chelsea because there are so many chances that Nico Jackson and... Makala Mudrik have missed. It, it, you don't expect it from Sterling with his experience and his ability to finish, and he's also been very good this year for Chelsea. I think uh, in a you know pretty dire situation, it's shocking, man. Uh, maybe he was due for for one of those for for a howler, but uh, yeah, that was very tough to watch. I was on the elliptical watching that, and I was like, I like let out a chuckle. I was like, what the fuck is Blood doing? I I thought he'd surely sweat it. Uh to Palmer or to, to Nico Jackson. I mean you cannot miss from Man there. Man City
0: Sterling sweats it.
1: Man City Sterling sweats it. Yeah, that's Pep Sterling though. This is Poch Sterling. Potch? Well no what do you respect. think about that guy? What do you think about that guy? I don't think they I don't think they like him very much.
0: I just don't think there's any connection between, I guess, the players and the coaching staff. I mean it doesn't seem like it
1: because This team is so young, too. They don't respect anybody, probably, though.
0: I think the development's there of the play. It's just when the ball gets played in the box, it's just the killer instinct isn't there. It's an easy thing to say, but you mentioned it. Sterling played a great ball into Jackson, who needs to hit it first time. He traps it awkwardly. It goes by him. Um, Sterling on that cutback. There's just not enough chances, or not chances, but not enough shots being taken when they need to be. I mean, Jackson had another one where... It's a 50-50 ball. He beats two Wolves defenders to it. He's in on goal off to the left side of the box and has no left foot, no confidence in anything. His first touch doesn't set him up for anything. He loses it. So you can see these guys are capable of getting into those chances. They're doing all the hard bit, but when it comes to putting it away, it's just not there. And I think a bright spot was in Kunku. He had 30 minutes. He got three shots on target in this game and scored on one. Uh, had fourth as you could say four on target with the one goal line clearance. So that's nice to see we have somebody that's getting in the right spots and is taking the chances. And we, we're we going to have to see what he can do in a first in that first full 90 minutes. But having your faith on a guy that's been out for four months to change your whole season is not where you want your your hope to be at with the club. So um, we need to stir things up with the back. Tiago Silva had another absolute disaster Brain fart moment where he was going to back pass it, but his mind froze and lost it. And we almost gave up a penalty for it. De Zassi as well did a similar thing. Malogusto Mal letting the ball bounce in front of him and misclearing it. It's just too many mistakes, man, in the back. And there's just no consistency. There's zero consistency. Too many injuries. We are the most carded teams. We have like 5th we're the most carded team. We have 50, 56 yellows, it says three reds it's by far the most we have more cards than sheffield and sheffield's defending 90 percent of the time it's just unbelievable how many cards we get for descent it's just it's it's unbelievable and broya again having no effect on the game
1: yes you're not in on him eh you don't think he's he's the guy
0: it's not fair to say that none of these guys look like the guy but I mean, yeah. when we're giving him these minutes, it's just the, the team's not focused on him. It's not built around his style. So we have too many guys that don't fit whatever system Potch wants, and the guys that are supposed to fit aren't capitalizing on the opportunities given to them. So it's something that, I don't know, It's I don't have the answers. None of us have the answers, but Potch and those players to, to produce on the field. So we're going to come to January next week. I think next week or two we're going to have to, come up with an idea of like Christmas shopping list for each team like what they need mm-hmm. to buy to change things up that might be something we'll do during that winter break but it's just we're gonna we're gonna do our normal thing where we ha- we buy to solve our issues and it hasn't worked the last four to five windows
1: yeah that'll be interesting I'm excited to do that um you know over break we're, we're gonna have an episode to do that so that'll be nice alright um I guess games for next week, right? Uh, or if not next week.
0: Tuesday. Tuesday. But do you, we can do our best and worst players, I guess. Before yeah. we get to that, yeah, we banged out that review one a bit. We didn't dive too much into those mid-table lower games. So um, let's start with the best player. Let's jump off that. I'm the best man. I did it. Uh, for me right away I'm going to go with Dom Solanke I think it's an easy yeah. one Hat trick hero against a 10 man force team who had that new manager bounce that, that everybody was behind them trying to push for something but he was the the cuck on the day he just stopped all the joy for Forest fans and continues Bournemouth's high run of form
1: yeah I'm going to go with Rice um guy was all over the place man high high work rates all over offensively, all over defensively. He's in every single spot that you need him to be. He was defending breaks. He was then getting forward, being on the edge of the box for you know, safety reasons to have the ball sweated back to him across you know, on a diagonal. I thought he was fucking immense. He's a huge reason why we managed to keep a point uh, and get a point out of this one. I, I got to give it to him, man. I, I could not have been more wrong about Declan Rice, and I'm thrilled to say it
0: okay all right and then moving on to the flip side the worst player we thought
1: let you go first um I, I'm gonna give it to Willie Bolly uh because that red without that red Nottingham Forest absolutely have a better chance of winning this game uh you saw how they played after the red. There was obviously plenty uh, of juice going on up top, just missing that player in the back and giving Dom Solanke the chance to register a hat-trick. I mean, what a disastrous uh, it, you know error made by Willy Bolly. That's very unfortunate. Um, yeah, I'll give it to him. He, he actually fucked his team over pretty bad there.
0: Uh, for me, I can't really pick anybody specific out, but I think I'm going to go with Cody Gakpo.
1: He kind of stinks, that guy.
0: He's not given too many opportunities, but this is a massive game to take advantage of where Nunes isn't doing any better either, and these guys will be probably playing together in the team come January with Salah out of the picture for a little bit. So, um, yeah, I got to go with him. He just couldn't capitalize on the moment here where his team needed him. Yep. All right. Okay, we got... Week 19 predictions starting with Tuesday's matches. We have kicking us off at 7:30 Newcastle hosting Nottingham Forest. Zach has Newcastle here. I'm gonna go with Newcastle here. I'm just gonna back the home team. I do think Mm -hmm. Forrest is going to bring some juice with that new manager bounce, and I think there were a lot of good signs, even with playing with 10 men against a Bournemouth team that was just on the day meant to win with Solanke's form. But I think we'll see an interesting match here to start us off Boxing Day.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll complete the trifecta. I'll take Newcastle as well. Um, They're not really moving me as much as they probably should be uh but they do have a lot of injuries still i think eddie howe gets a win for his his boys here and i mean st james park is such a fortress man it's very hard to come and uh really play well there so i'll I'll go with the magpies as well okay we move on to a massive
0: six-pointer both these teams are looking at their calendars saying this is a must win Mm -hmm. we have sheffield hosting luton town um where where is your where, where are you putting your chips evan
1: uh, I don't want to watch this. It's going to be absolute hell ball, but I'm going to take a draw. Uh, I think Luton will score some bullshit set-piece goal off a corner, most likely, and then Sheffield will get one back late. Uh, that Cameron Archer kid is extremely talented. He will not be playing for Sheffield much longer. Uh, I don't think he's very, very good. He you can play striker. There. Huh? He just
0: got there from Villa. I know, I
1: I know that. But if they go down, he's not gonna stay. He's good. I mean, he's had a couple of really good games they this year. They can
0: keep Ryan Brewster.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I I've seen him a couple of times. That uh, that goal that he scored uh, the other day was nice, and he had a I think he had a banger earlier on the season as well.
0: He had a banger.
1: Yeah, if they don't if they don't stay up, I can't I can see him going to another team that's you know on the fringe uh yeah i'll take a draw but i don't think it's good i think it's a 1-1 ugly game okay i'm
0: gonna i'm going with luton here i'll go with the road dogs zach said zach's gonna take a draw with you uh the other 10 o'clock game we have bournemouth fulham um i'm going to go with a draw here even against what bournemouth's been doing i think fulham are gonna pull some kooky result out of their ass here And Zach is taking Bournemouth here. He's going with the Cherries with another win. A win win here could put them in the top 10.
1: That's right. I am going to take Fulham. I think the buck has to stop for Bournemouth somewhere. Uh, This Linsanity run, you know, they got to have a loss coming up here somewhere. I'll I'll take Fulham. Uh, I just don't think Bournemouth are, you know, that guy, you know yeah
0: okay uh 12 30 kickoff lone game there burnley hosting for liverpool i think this is similar to that villa hosting sheffield game you're thinking it's gonna be one way um have we learned from our lesson evan or is this different burnley at home they're the worst team one win in their nine at home <laughs> liverpool on the road are significantly worse than at home but still only one defeat on the road this year
1: i couldn't be so lucky to watch liverpool drop points uh against burnley i'm taking liverpool i I know they're gonna win this one
0: okay Uh, zach and i as well taking liverpool we move on to the three o'clock kickoff ending us off on boxing day uh with the most interesting storylines man united hosting aston villa i am going to ride with the villains zach is also riding with the villains
1: uh, yeah, you can you can pencil me in for a draw. Okay. I am just hoping that what, somehow United score a goal.
0: Who, if you're looking at the United team, who are you looking to to get a get a get a game winner or make a big difference for them? Rashford,
1: fucking, he needs to start. They need to put him on. I think this could be a game where he shows up and reminds people. That he's Marcus Rash, you know Marcus Rashford. That he is a good footballer who can actually contribute. Um, his new haircut is fucked, but yeah, I think uh, Saka's is fucked too. I think uh, he can show up. They just need to give him the time to play. That's all.
0: Isn't Saka's like green or something?
1: No, man, it's like blonde. It's so bad. Yeah. It's, it's horrendous. I don't know what he did. It looked so handsome before. Go back, go back to your regular black hair. It's good. It's usually, um,
0: it's usually, like a one season thing.
1: Yeah, and when they do it, like when the players dye their hair or go to a different hairstyle, like the only player that successfully did it, changed his hair all the time and was good with every single style, was Beckham. You, you're, <laughs> you, you got to just stick to your normal cut, man. It's too much. It draws too much attention or something. He I don't rocked,
0: know. He rocked the skinhead look. Oh, Beckham. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he had the faux hawk. he had the long hair, back when he was at Madrid, he had he was a skinhead, and it all looked good. So, I don't know. He Madrid was...
0: Beckham was the look. Yeah, I mean, special.
1: With the headband, and Ramos with the headband.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pepe with the fro. Indeed, before he was bald. Mm-hmm. Before he started eating people. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Alright, we move on to the Wednesday slate. Um... 230, right? Or, yeah, I think that's 230. That's che- right. Chelsea, Crystal, Palace. Um, anything changing here for you? All right, this is your second team.
1: Mm. Um, if Eze plays, then I think Palace, like, you know, I have a really good chance. I'm going to take a draw, though. I uh, Chelsea probably win this game knowing them, but I'm going to take a draw, I think. 1 1, 2 2. And Kunku should get the start. Uh looked good today, got the goal. I think you know that's a that's a huge thing uh for Chelsea uh and maybe you know there's a little bit more discipline if he starts up there. I don't know uh, I'll just take the draw. I'm not sure about it,
0: yeah, hopefully Kas fit because it'll be him and Gallagher in there, which I think can hold us up for a bit. so I'm gonna ride with Chelsea. Zach's gonna take a draw. Moving on to the other 230 kickoff, we have Brentford hosting Wolves. Brentford coming off that postponed match with City, so they're well-rested. Might have Matthias Jensen back, but we will be without Embuemo and Tony still, so the front three is going to be a little bit hit uh, hindered there in production. So uh, I'm going to take a draw, and Zach's going to go with Brentford here.
1: Uh, I will take Brentford. They've got a bit of rest. I think they look good. Uh, in this one against Wolves, what well, Neto should be back right soon.
0: Yeah, they're circling him for either this game or the next one for Wolves.
1: Okay. Was, yeah, I'll still I'll still go with Brentford, but that that's big for them for sure.
0: Yeah, they were saying the earliest would have been today's game against Chelsea, but they're just gonna be safe about it. Um, we mm-hmm. could even see him not until next year. So. Um, okay, last game on Wednesday, three fifteen kickoff. Everton hosting Man City. And City coming off being club-broke up champs. Uh only one win in their last 6 in the league. Need a win here to stay in the title hunt.
1: Yeah, this is uh this is a really important one. It's also there's a lot of uh hatred between well really just from the Everton fans towards City because Everton were were docked those oh, yeah, points. Meanwhile, City, you know, have have probably broken every financial fair play role in history yeah. uh and <laughs> haven't been punished for it whatsoever so those everton fans are not going to be happy uh and they will travel uh cities fans will not travel is what i meant to say uh to goodison i mean they are the most plastic fuckers you can imagine so uh i am gonna take a draw Okay. knowing that City will probably show up and just fucking silence them anyway but I'd like to go for the storyline pick I will take the draw I think Everton could, could show up could fight
0: Holland game time decision Doku game uh, time decision both uh, frauds what is this it's Friday Holland was still not pictured training uh, Pep said he still cannot train so it's looking like he'll be out for this game as well so I think there's a chance Uh, I'm going to still rock City. Zach's taking City. Um, Final two matches on Thursday of what we're predicting here. We got 2.30 kickoff. We got Brighton hosting Tottenham. I am taking Spurs on the road, and so is Zach.
1: I will join you, gentlemen. I will take Tottenham Hotspur as well. Okay.
0: All right. And then finally, 3.15, the other side of North London. Arsenal hosting West Ham, London Derby, A clash of titans in in Evan and Cook. Where are we going here? How is this game Uh, playing
1: out? I'll take Arsenal, but I'm going to be on the edge of my seat for this one. They always give us trouble. Always.
0: Is Zinchenko going to be able to cope with Kudus?
1: No. No! (laughs) There's a 0% chance of that. Um, They have to throw somebody else in there. I don't know... I, I I don't think anybody
0: else is fit to play there.
1: Like, the only other... Player you could throw back there a fullback is Partey, but Kiwi-or. again, like Kivior is a better defender than Zinchenko. The question is, how much do we miss out on Zinchenko going forward when he cuts in? And you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's gonna be really tough to stop Kudus. He'll be there though, right? Like he won't be gone for Afcon yet. No, I think he's finishing out the
0: this season. I mean, the calendar uh, year. I think gosh. I think it's like the first week of January he leaves or
1: something. Yeah, West Ham proper hate Arsenal. I mean, they show up every single time we play them. It's gonna be tough. I'll take Arsenal, but we have to find some sort of solution to bottling up Kudus because it's gonna be really bad otherwise. It, like this could be a bloodbath. I think.
0: Yeah. Um... Zach and I are also taking Arsenal. Okay. That's game week nineteen. We'll be back Friday. I'm off I'm off work Friday, so we can do Excellent. Friday. So we'll be back Friday to do the New Year's predictions. We have games that Saturday all the way to January second to do. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we'll have our, our little break there from the action. Um coming back January thirteenth with with the after the break. So Okay, that concludes our Game Link 18 recap, Game 19 predictions. Appreciate everybody this year for listening, whether you're new or have been faithful throughout the year and years past. We appreciate all the support. Follow us on uh, socials at Post20Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts to hear any past and future content moving forward. Evan, thank you as always. Appreciate you holding up the recording to get me on here for the Christmas special. And, of course, brother. Yep. And uh, we wish we wish you guys all a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you back here on Friday. Take care. Yep.